Hello, everyone. This is Rick with the Cyber Pro Podcast, where industry leaders share their insights. It's about five questions in nine minutes because hackers never sleep. Let's get to it. Question number one, Paul, who are you and what do you do? Uh, my name is Paul Cummings. Um, I am a cybersecurity research engineer for Stevenson Technology Corporation. By day and by night, I am Batman, uh, the CEO and founder of Whole Cyber Human Initiative, uh, which is a workforce development research organization trying to really bridge that that gap of dessert degree, uh, formal knowledge, hands-on knowledge uh, debacle that we have with the talent shortage today. Very interesting. And I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit more, but I'm, I'm, I'm wishing you had wore the Batman cowl. That would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do have uh, my Batman skull. Well, there it is. Know. Yep. It came through. <laughs> That's amazing. Good for us. Be, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, well, let's jump into question number two. Why do you love being a cybersecurity professional? Because it, it changes daily. Um, you know, specifically with uh, cybersecurity research, it's it's one of those jack of all trades uh, type of positions. Um, and for me, I'm very, very curious. Uh, and we all know that in cybersecurity, you have to have that curiosity uh, to be able to want to trace, you know, track down those rabbit holes and go deep as, as deep as you can, really. Um, so on any given day, I'll do blue team one day, red team another. Uh, maybe some static code analysis, even though I'm not a programmer. Uh, so it's it's something that I know that I, I won't ever get bored with. I love it. I love it. I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw that curveball question in really quick. What do you prefer, blue team or red team or or purple team? Because that's a new thing now. So uh, I enjoy purple team. Uh, actually, it's. It's kind of odd because uh, I stood up a cyber protection team back in 2014, and in reality, it was a purple team. Um, we did job rotation to where a blue team analyst and a red team analyst swapped positions every so often to where they were ideally uh, purple team experts back then. That's awesome. I love hearing that. I love the the foresight that you had on that. So that's pretty cool. We hear everywhere today that cybersecurity is a top concern, but what does that mean to you? It means that uh, to me that it's the it's the same thing you, you hear when you grew up when parents told you not to do something, uh, and it's pretty much you know hold my beer, challenge accepted. Uh, it's really falling on deaf ears. You know you got. TikTok, for example, you know, we, we know that China is harvesting all of our credentials, but we're seeing an influx in TikTok uh, users between professionals, executives, uh, business owners, and now it's starting to trickle into even professional networks like LinkedIn. I feel, I feel like you mentioned TikTok. I feel like it almost has to become a company issue. Right. My company doesn't allow it, um, but I still see tons of people that just use it and, and, and just don't even think about it. Do you have any thoughts on that? I know that's a maybe a hot button topic, but I'd be curious what your thoughts are on that. Oh, it goes back to the mindset of. They already have my information, so why not? Um, you know, when you look at. 
the, the gross amount of data breaches that have happened over the years, people are just, they don't care anymore. Um, you know, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. I can buy a new phone. Um, you know, the company's going to give me something like LifeLock and I'll be safe for a time being, but they don't look at the gravity of, you know, what if it's a data breach that leads to a romance scheme or a child being groomed, um, which happens far too often nowadays. And it's sad, uh, especially for children, but it gets to the point where their, their identity is, is squashed. I mean, you can, you can go from grooming a child or doing a romance scheme to where you've now if I'm the bad guy or bad person, I've put this person on a sexual watch list or something like that. And now their reputation is completely shot. Um, sure, we can come back and say that insurance take care of it. It was false. But people only read media the way they read media. So they're going to see it, think it's bad, and not going to want to associate with somebody anymore based on that. Very fair point, and 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 I agree. You know, social media is a moment in time, and most people don't go back or forward, right? They see it, they believe it, or they don't, and then they move right into their next uh, social media habit. So appreciate the insights on that. Absolutely. What insights, for lack of a better word, I feel like I've said it fifteen times already. What insights do you want to share with the rest of our cyber professional community? Uh, right now, so I've, <clears throat> I've been doing a lot of research into uh, IoT threat. Um, you know, we're, we're pushing the envelope to where we're coming up to, what, 35 billion devices global uh, here soon. Um, and it's it's really, it's for me, it's a call to action. You know, we're, we're doing a lot of automation with push-button AppSec tests, uh, push-button pen tests on these IoT devices, but we're not really peeling back the onion layer. Um, and I say that because, you know, for example, one of the uh, IoT devices that we looked at was a baby monitor. And when we really took it down to brass tacks, um, it was very, very coveted by the PLA, uh, you know, People Liberation Army of China uh, or Communist, Communist China Party. And it's a lot of it is there, there's these turnkey solutions out there for IoT coding that they don't get patched. Um, they've got these stale IP addresses that are nefarious. Um, but really, you know, taking a step back and saying, okay, uh, I'm, I'm getting called to do a pen test or an AppSec against a, a device so they can go to production. They can go to market. Don't just stop there. You know, take it, take it deeper. Um, you know, for instance, there's who's to say that some of these IoT devices that have been circulating since 2015 aren't a root cause for some of these data breaches that we've had. Um, when you consider that a lot of the process control boards or PCBs are built in China that are really closely tied to Huawei, and we knew Huawei was already harvesting data uh, to be stored over in you know mainland China. What happens when the U.S. says, no, we don't want Huawei in 
U.S. no more. Well, that, that gives all these devices the ability to get harvested and cannibalized to be put in other devices. So it's kind of recirculating the badge just with a new flare, uh, new wrapping. I love the I love the take on IoT. So I appreciate that. I want to get to the fun question. What's your favorite piece of retro technology that makes you smile? Uh, that would be the DaVinci Code's uh, cryptic. Very interesting. Why did you choose that? It was it was something that Leonardo created that we use still today. Um, you know, especially you, you pull open something like CyberShaft and it's right there. You know, it's it's a lasting. It's not even a, I wouldn't even call it a technology really. I mean, it, it was a well put together machine that you can store copious amounts of secrets in and. If you didn't have the uh, the chops for it, you'd never understand what was inside it. I love it. Er early cybersecurity, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, Paul, thank you so much for being on the CyberPro Podcast. Well, thank you. Thank you for watching the CyberPro Podcast. Please like and subscribe. We'd love to have you following so you can get all the cool new updates.